ladies, and welcome to Encourage Her Love. I'm your host, Patel. And I'm your co-host, Winnie. And today, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Teresa Martin. And she is a mom of a 23-year-old daughter. She is a certified life coach and has her master's in organizational leadership. She also worked for nine years, Teresa. You worked at the Milton Hershey School as an elementary girl's house parent. And she currently works at the Water Street Mission in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, as Director of Guest Education. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much, ladies. I am so glad to be here. Wonderful. We're so glad to have you. And we are just jumping into our segment, ladies. It is called How We Find Value in Others. And value in others meaning value in other women, um, and it could be value in anyone, but since this is Encourage Her Love, we are a female, uh, go hard, encouraging podcast for women. Um, we are finding value in each other as women. So our first, what we first want to do is just give you the, the definition of value. And it, it really means importance. Um, value means importance. It means worth, uh, usefulness beneficial high opinion of which is which is really awesome to to have that as a definition to think highly of women is really really important um so teresa if you can tell us what does the word value really mean to you okay well actually i am very familiar with using the word worth so if i use it interchangeably with value that's where i'm at on it um, because in several of our classes at Water Street Mission, we talk about what is our value, what's our worth. And um, to me, there's a part of it that is very, there's a nuance to it, but it's very deeply meaningful. Our value is not what we do, yeah. as most of our culture would imply, but our value is in being, my being, right. who I am as a person not necessarily what I do. Although, <laughs> that's not to say what I do is not valuable to yes. the people I serve. Yes, right. absolutely. But mm -hmm. what I do flows out of who I'm created to be, if I'm functioning in a healthy way. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we've talked about in in the previous podcast that preceded this about that and how it's, you know, our value is not in, you know, God is looking at who we are not necessarily what we do right. and that's you know that comes from just just the fact that because god created us we have value right exactly now what would you say to women who are struggling with their value if they don't feel valuable what do you say to that mm. okay i'm gonna jump because that goes straight into something that i'm really passionate about um it's something that i teach at the mission that is one of the core foundational classes and it's called healing from shame I believe wholeheartedly that this is something that has to be dealt with right up front because shame is the destroyer of perceived value. Mm -hmm. And it starts within yourself. Um, shame, of course, doesn't say I did something wrong. That's guilt. That is a tool of the Holy Spirit to say, this wasn't right. I love you. Let's walk through this together. There's hope and healing yes. in that and correction in that, even if it's hard. But shame says, of course, you are something wrong. You didn't do something wrong, you are. You are not valuable. You have no worth. And um, so many people that I work with 
feel just that yeah. feel completely worthless because of the shame that tells people who they are right and as women um, part of this class that I teach we do some focusing on Brene Brown who is um, huge um, data collector in the field of shame and she talks about women specifically dealing with shame in that it's specific to one thing doing it all and doing it well period men it's a little bit more of um just not being perceived as weakness my value is in being uh, strong and tough and being able to handle anything Mm -hmm. for women it typically comes out in i have to be able to do it all the the uh i bring home the bacon fried up in a pan kind of thing right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can go to work nine to five and all that um and not let you see me sweat doing it I have to be seamless and the competing expectations be a fabulous mom and wife be available for your family but make sure you do your business well and perform and meet the numbers or whatever that expectation is um which i feel most women burn out doing anyway and then they can't actually do it to its full potential of what it's capable of growing into Mm -hmm. because they just burn out or they give up or whatever else Right. So where does that leave you feeling valued in the end? It doesn't. Right. Right. I think shame is one of the things that really does keep us stuck. Like we can't move forward until we've dealt with that. Because Mm -hmm. it's like you said, Mm -hmm. it is a feeling of I don't have value. It's me. There's something wrong with me. Right. And when we feel like there's something wrong with me, then I can't fix it. What can I do to fix it? And do you know why what you're doing tonight is so important? Because it brings the me too. Because shame says something is wrong with you. What's wrong with you? And you're the only one. And somehow we always believe that. Yeah. But the truth is, if we as women especially got together and got open and vulnerable with each other, with safe people relationships, not just with everybody, but if we opened up and got vulnerable in real ways, shame would disappear and eliminate Right. And we would find our value individually. And you know, when I first, when I first uh, became a follower of Christ, I think, well, actually, that's one of the things that kept me from becoming a follower of Christ. Oh my, yes. Because <laughs> people walked around like they had it all together. Right. And I'm thinking, man, they're all like really cool and good. And I'm, there's something wrong with me. Right. Um, I have no value here. And when I reached out to the church, that's kind of the message that I got too. Right. And so it took me another two years to really surrender my life to the Lord. Right. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about doing what I do. Because right. for, I've been walking with Jesus now for 40 years and it took me way long to grow because I always felt like I was alone. That's so interesting that um, you both are talking about the shame thing because, and I'm over here in the corner just tearing up a little bit because I've been triggered by the shame thing because for a very long time, I feel like the devil was shaming me for being a black woman and literally tore me down to nothing and made me believe that hey you're you can't do anything you're not capable of it the world doesn't right. think highly of you mm. you're not you're not worth anything 
And, you know, God came in and was like, hold up, let me prove the devil wrong here yes. for a minute. Yes. And even doing this podcast is like, I'm more technical than I thought I was and yeah. had no idea that yeah. I was this technical yeah. and finding out new things that I'm actually good at basketball, which I mentioned that <laughs> before. I'm good at basketball, too. I'm a great three-point shooter. So it's like these things that, right. you know, ladies that just if you're feeling shame as we talk about shame and you're struggling through it, um, just know that, you know, sometimes the devil will lie to you and try to tell you, you know, lies that are not things that are not true. And also everything that Teresa said about shame um, and what Winnie said about shame. And so just know that you are loved mm -hmm. by God. Truly. Wasn't that the very first trick that the enemy played is shame? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, no, God lied to you, first of all. Mm -hmm. And second of all, now look, now look, you're nothing. Go hide. Go hide. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. shame. Yeah. And shame, the definition of shame from Brene Brown is the fear of disconnection. Mm. Wow. So isn't this crazy? Watch what happens. This is what happens. We fear disconnection. So we hide who we really are. Mm -hmm. And when we hide who we really are, we become disconnected. Yeah. We wow. create what we fear. Mm -hmm. And I believe shame is the enemy's ultimate number one tool because it divides us, it separates us, it isolates us. And I always say, you know, if someone's going to kidnap you, <laughs> isolation's where they kill you, right? That's mm -hmm. where the enemy kills us, in isolation. Mm -hmm. And when we don't open up to each other, we'll never connect. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, the second question we wanted to talk about is where does our value come from? I think we kind of maybe touched on that a little bit, but mm. is there anything else that you would like to elaborate on that? Mm. I would, as a matter of fact, <laughs> um, obviously we're going to sit here and say our value comes from God, right? We know, we know this, we know it in our head, but do we know it in our being? There's a big difference in that. Yes. And I, I wholeheartedly believe this conversation about shame is what opens the door and the pathway to seeing that. And Patel, thank you for being so open and vulnerable right here and now. You just made connections with listeners that you may never know till the other side. I think that's beautiful. And what a great example of how even in our society, shame is intrinsic it, it it's there it's cultivated in our culture it's um it's lies and it's yeah. used to, to to hurt us and separate us and make us hurt each other absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah but so right our our value and our worth it comes from god why why do we know it comes from god well the scriptures tell us that we were created in his image so if we can't believe anything else is there value in God? I believe we would most say yes. Even people who do not know of God or have never heard of God, there's an, in, there's an inbuilt desire and understanding that there's something bigger than us. Right. And if we're made in his image, that's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of value and worth already been planted in that. Yes. And he's the creator and the maker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... I'm wondering, you know, there's a lot of people, and we talked about this in our last uh, episode, there's a lot of people that try to gain value from what they do and how they present themselves mm -hmm. and what they drive or what they live in and all these different things and their value in those things. Right. What do you say about those to those people? Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? I heard some, I don't remember who it was, but frame it this way that 
your value and your worth and who you are is in well let's say it this way if if I asked you who are you right who are you we might say oh I'm a mom I mean you just listed something for me and really none of it is who I am (laughs) right (laughs) everything you just listed about me is not who I am it's what I do. It's it's something I've done. It's something that's connected to me. It, in a way, it is me. But ultimately, I, God forbid, every single one of those things could be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. My mind could be taken away from me. My daughter, God forbid, could be taken away from me. Any role I have, my job, anything I have or do or did <laughs> could be taken away from me. The only thing that cannot be taken away from me is my name as a child of God. Right. And the identity that God created within me. Now, why can't that be taken away? I do this little experiment in class. Can I share it with you quick? Oh, yeah, sure. absolutely. This is when I wish we were on video, but we're not. So <laughs> let me try to explain it. Um, I'm sitting in front of a classroom of, of guests at the mission, and I pull out a $20 bill. And I say, oh, here it is. What is it worth? And they're like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it, right? No. Okay, what's it worth? Well, it's worth $20, right? Obviously, it's worth $20. And I said, what if something happened to this 20 What if I dropped it on the ground and stepped on it in the mud by accident? And I literally dunked this thing in mud, pulled it out, all crinkled and wrinkled. Hey, what's it still worth? It's still worth 20 Okay, what if it goes to the laundry and it's all soaking, sopping wet? Well, it's still worth 20 then I tear an edge off. What's it worth? It's still worth 20. And I tear it some more. It's still worth 20. Then I do the big rip right in half and the gasp from the crowd. <laughs> I got to do this with 100 sometime. Um, what's it worth? Well, 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 you know, they're not quite sure. I said, let me tell you, I do this every six weeks and every single time I tape that baby back up and I spend it at Walmart or somewhere. And sure enough, it is still worth 20. And as a matter of fact, it could be missing a huge percentage of it and it is still worth 20. But how do we know that? We know it because the U.S. Mint says so. And who's the U.S. Mint? The U.S. Mint is the one who created the 20 and assigned its value. And they get to decide what it's worth no matter what happens to it, no matter what happens to it. And as we look at ourselves in that way, no matter what has happened to me, and that can go very deep, no matter what I have done to me, and that can go very deep. And the shame rips us and tears us apart and there's pieces missing, but nothing ever, ever, ever can take away the creator Mm -hmm. value that he put on us. Wow. That is really... And that's a powerful lesson yeah, that people very. take with them. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's very well said. It's very mm-hmm. well said. Um, okay. So then, Teresa, tell us, who is Teresa? Oh, boy. Patel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I come from Lancaster County. I come from a very performance-based background fake it to make it (laughs) and really it's really all about appearances I value my upbringing I value my culture because I've learned so much about the Lord and community and being there for people and each other 
but truth be told, there's a lot of appearances within it. And I grew up knowing that I needed to be the good girl. I needed to do everything right. And that's who I was. I was the good girl, except I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really matter. As long as it wasn't seen or heard or talked about, just keep appearances. We're fine. Everybody's happy. We're all fine. Wow. Right? And that's exactly what um, Winnie was saying when you go to church. I was playing the role of I'm fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. We're all happy. We're all fine. We're all good Christians. And we keep up appearances and we hurt everyone. We disconnect from everyone because we can't handle our own shame. And God forbid you tell us about your shame. Right. And it's all done. So I grew up with a lot of performances. Um, And so for me to find... I'll tell you, when I see people on a journey of understanding who they are and their value and worth, there's something that always comes as I hear their testimony, I listen for it. And there's always this shift... And it goes like this. <laughs> I found out that God loves me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Wow. Everybody knows God loves them. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. seen a smiley face. Jesus loves you, yeah. right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's a big difference. God loves me no matter what. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me in my growth, in my spiritual growth, because I became a serious follower of Christ in mm-hmm. 1980. But in 2000, it took me till 2003 to understand that God really loved me. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing I could do to earn or lose his love for me. And because I always, it was always like, you know, I'm in today. I might be out tomorrow. Just right. depending on what I did, what I said, you know, right. uh, I was never secure in that. And so, man, when I found out that God loved me no matter what, and there was nothing I could do to change that. That really changed everything because from there, mm. that was the springboard then where I could move forward slowly, slowly, slowly. But um, actually very well, he, I mean, I feel very well, like God has really healed me in so many mm. ways. And I think that, what did, what did I tell you? It was 2020, I believe. 2020, April of 2020, when we were right into COVID. Oh my. And I was doing a Bible study online and it was during that bible study that god spoke to me and it was like man like every last standing um thing of shame in my life was just ripped out and i became so now i mean i I still have issues you know of course we all do Mm -hmm. but i became very secure and that's when i became secure in who i was in christ really very secure it's beautiful that's that's fantastic both of both of the stories thank you thank you Teresa for sharing thank you Winnie as well for sharing and so Teresa we we have one last question for you mm-hmm. and we are really curious to find out how do you find value in a woman since this is a, a podcast for women we want to know like how do you find value or how how would each of us find value in each other I have been rolling this around my head for days and I've been trying to come up with a pretty answer <laughs> to make it look good, right? Uh, appearances. Appearances, appearances. absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I have to tell you, I have to be honest and authentic with what I keep landing on over and over and over. And maybe, you know, I don't know. This is probably part of my journey. But I truly believe... <laughs> 
that to find value in other women, the only way to do it is to find value in yourself first. Yes. Mm. Because if I can't do that, I've set myself up for competition. Absolutely. Mm. And our culture is nothing but competition. Our culture pits women against women. It, it sets us up in a dogfight that's not fair, that's not even real. Mm-hmm. And we buy into it. And shame tells us we're not enough. We don't measure up. We're not worthy. Who do we think we are? And then we have other people in our life that might, you know, follow through with that statement, even from childhood, the things we bring with us. Mm-hmm. And if I can't in myself know my worth and stand up in that firmly and confidently, do I even have the courage to assign value to you? Because what does that make me? Right. And that sounds really shallow. And I'm sorry for that. No, it's <laughs> but I think ab- it's yeah. I think it's where we're at in our culture. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely the truth. You know, I can't. It's I can't see somebody else for who they are if I don't see me for who I am. And I think that that's, you know, like we talked before in one of our episodes about comparison mm-hmm. and how we as women compare ourselves. And um, and I think that up until, you know, when I, I really feel like that, that in 2020, 2020 was um, a turning point for me because I don't, now I'm not saying I don't ever struggle with insecurities and that kind of thing ever, but I feel sure. like I'm a quick turnaround now. You know, it's like I remind myself, no, this is, you know, God has healed me and I do not have to live in that anymore. And yeah. I love what you're saying. You remind yourself because nothing is perfect. Right. We are not going to reach the perfection of, oh, I have my value and I know. No. (laughs) Till heaven. Boy, boy, when we find out our value (laughs) and we hit the door of heaven, we'll fall over shocked. Absolutely. But till then... I think you're right. We have to continue to remind ourselves. And you know what? As we remind ourselves, we have the strength to remind each other. Right. And we will. If we're in the practice of reminding our own selves, we will be in the practice of calling people out in love. You're worth more than that. Right. Don't you know? And I think the Psalms are very big in that. You know, David, a lot, was always reminding himself Mm. of who he was Mm. and who God was. Mm -hmm. But he was real about it, too. Yes, absolutely. He was... I mean, he he Absolutely. he pitched a fit a right. lot, well, <laughs> and he, then he came back with no, no, God, yeah. I know who you are, and I know He made me to be. Yeah, I you know, like one of the most recent things for me, um, I'm coming up now on two years that my husband died. Yeah, and even to this day, you know, people say, "How are you?" Well, you know, the polite thing to mm. do is, "Oh, I'm fine." Well, mm. I'm not fine. I'm not fine now, and I'm probably never going to be fine. Right. But my, my answer is usually I'm not okay, but I'm okay with not being okay. Mm. I'm learning to live with that. I'm learning mm. to live with the ability to not be okay yeah. and to let joy and sorrow be married because that's how it is. Yeah. So, yeah. so Teresa, <laughs> I think you're a fantastic teacher and um, yeah, you're, you're just phenomenal. I'll just say thank you, Patel, because <laughs> that that I, that is part of shame, right? I have to be comfortable with the things that God's gifted me with and not shrink from them. But I will tell you, anytime I'm going to speak or teach or anything like that, um, there's two things that I think about. And the one is something that a previous pastor's wife always said. So I'm stealing it from her, but I love it. 
and I live by it. I hope this is okay to say. Um, <laughs> the purposes of God in your life should make you want to throw up. Mm. <laughs> okay, I know. Let me explain. Let me explain. Um, who likes roller coasters? You know, if you're going up, 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 what's the point of the whole thing unless you have the, oh my word. Right. Right. There's right. no point. Don't right. even pay to get on the ride. The whole point of it is the, oh my word, this is too big for me. Whatever God has me do in my life, if it's not just a little too big for me, there's no point. Because I'm leaning on myself. Exactly. If it's a little too big for me, I have to lean on him. And that's where the power is. And I always, always, always ask him for the words. He promises to give words. And they're not mine. I don't even know. What do I know? Nothing. I wholeheartedly believe that he gives me words in the moment. He gives me word pictures mm -hmm. and images and phrases. And I look back, I'm like, where the heck did that come from? I don't even know. Um, and for me, the only way I can describe it is I go into neutral. I feel, I feel very deliberately into neutral. I can't push ahead. I can't shrink back in fear. I just have to be in neutral and let him speak. And that's my stance. Do I ever mess it up? Absolutely. Do I put my foot in my mouth? Sure I do. But a lot of the times I feel him speaking. Yeah, yeah. don't we all put our foot, foot in our mouths? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> More than I care to remember. Yeah, so do I. But Teresa, we are so thankful and so grateful to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you for being here and yeah, sharing uh, your wisdom to all the ladies that's listening. Mm -hmm. Men, if you are listening as well, uh, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, or just baby Christian, you just came to Christ. All of this is just for you. Yeah, and if you want to know more about what it means to come to Christ, please, please contact us. Yes, you can reach us at encourageherlove.com. Send us a message, fill out our page, and uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at E-H-E-R-L-O-V-E -E underscore 106. You can also check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com. I do that every time I'm about to say this, ladies. I don't know why I do that. Anyway, facebook.com slash encourage her love and download our free episodes on Spotify and Apple podcasts. So we will see you next time. Stay encouraged.